He says, go make an image of a snake in bronze and make an image of a stick, like a staff, and put the snake on the staff and then stick it in the ground. And then have the Israelites go and look at the snake. And then the snakes won't bite them anymore. You think, what the hell is... That's the same symbol physicians use. Why do you think that that would be insane or true? Well, what does it mean? What the hell does that mean? Well, like, what's what he up to? many of the stories from the Bible mean? Well, what that's what we're trying Jesus to figure out. Jesus coming back from the dead. Yeah. Walking well, we're on not water. Gonna, Moses parting the get, Red Sea. No, we're not, not. going to be able to get all there. But we no. can get to this one. Okay. Okay, so... The Caduceus. Yeah. Yes. Same symbol. Do you know the the links to that in Mesopotamia? Yeah, and, yeah the yeah, ancient yeah. Sumerians. Yeah, yeah, they, and it's a it snake the that sheds medicine. skin. Yeah, I know. It's a symbol yeah. of transformation. But they also think it might have had roots in the double helix of DNA. That's what the, the wacky conspiracy theorists. Yeah, and I know. they go deep down the rabbit hole. I know. Hole I talked the, about that. Richard Dawkins stripped, uh, stripped my skin off when I went to Oxford to talk to him about that. He said, you said that under some conditions, shaman, shamanic people might be able to see DNA. It's like, that's complete nonsense. It's yeah, like, he doesn't know. Well, he, the, the problem with Richard Dawkins is he's had zero psychedelic experiences. If you have psychedelic experiences, you see all kinds of iconography from ancient Egypt. You see hieroglyphics. You see yeah, uh, but is that geometry. Or, is that true or insane? But it doesn't matter if it's true or insane. It's repeatable. You could, you could have it over and over. I mean, people who take mushrooms and people who take dimethyltryptamine have these kind of images. They happen all the time. Yeah. It's not uncommon. So yeah. the idea that it's impossible for those people from thousands of years ago to actually see the double helix pattern of DNA, says who? Well, I'm glad you said it and not me. Me, I'll say it. Okay. Like, look at Richard Dawkins. Is a brilliant man. Yes. But he stands on this foundation of a lack of experience, the lack of experience of psychedelics. And he's he's t been tempted to do it before under clinical settings. He's talked about it, yeah. but he's never done it. Yeah. So the idea that that's preposterous, everything when you're on psychedelics is preposterous, but they're real. Not real life, in the man. sense of you can put it on a scale, yeah. but real in the sense of if I give you DMT, you will fucking go there. You will go there just like everybody goes there. And if you try to hang on, good luck. You're going to get shot through a cannon to the center of the universe. And that's just how it goes. And so you can either have experienced that or you're talking out of your ass. So if you say, do you think those people thousands of years ago could have had a shamanic experience where they saw the double helix pattern of DNA? Yeah. Yeah, and you can too. You can too. And it's not just because you know what the double helix pattern of DNA is, because you can also see souls. You can also see the, 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 the very so You're talking components. just like the conservative that everyone thinks you are. Yeah, that's <laughs> so me, back bro. To this, let's go back to this okay. story. Okay, okay. okay. So, so, so the snake. You have staff. to go look on the snake. Yes. Okay. Here's a doctrine from all fields of psychotherapy. Okay. Look at what you're terrified of, and you will get braver. Unless what you're terrified of is a pack of yeah. wolves, and they're yeah. gonna fucking eat you. Yeah. Well, look. It's not like there aren't real dangers, but look. Yeah. If you're threatened by a pack of wolves, and you go out and study them. You'll realize you're fucked. <laughs> Unless you have guns. Okay, so, so the, the classic therapeutic treatment for terror and the poisoning that terror induces is exposure, voluntary exposure. exposure. Yeah. Okay, so, so the, the, the pattern there is 
face face what you're face what you're most afraid of, right. and you will be free. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Voluntarily. Yeah. Now that's a doctrine of psychotherapy now. Right. Okay. So now that's weird. That's mm. weird. So God doesn't chase away the snakes. He makes everyone braver. Mm. Okay. Because that's better than being safe. Bravery is better than safety. It's a more reliable cure for terror. Okay. Now that's cool. But this is even more cool. In the Gospels, Christ says that he has to be lifted up like the serpent in the desert. You think, what the hell does that possibly mean? Because, well, that's a snake first on a stick. And Christ is comparing himself to a snake on a stick. Okay, so what is this? What can this possibly mean? Well, I was thinking about that in relationship to imagery of the crucifix and the story that surrounds it. So Jung thought that the passion story was archetypal because it's a limit story like this <laughs> this debate at oxford you cannot write a more tragic story it's impossible technically why well because it's a story of the aggregation of everything that people are afraid of so there was no death more painful than crucifixion that's why the romans invented it it was to punish political miscreants it was the slow agonizing death by suffocation essentially, and, and, and dehydration and exposure. It's extraordinarily painful. Okay, so that sucks. That's pain, man. Plus, you know it's coming. That's part of the story. Plus, your best friend betrayed you into it. Plus, your people turned against you. Plus, they're led by a tyrant who doubts truth. Plus, you're a victim of the Roman Empire. Plus, you're completely innocent. Plus, everybody knows it. Plus, they... They choose a criminal to be released from this experience instead of you, even though they know he's a criminal and they know you're innocent. So, and you're young and you've done no wrong and all you've done is help people. So it's a limit story. Okay, so then you think, we've been looking at that limit story for 2,000 years in the image and in the story. What are we doing? Well, you're supposed to visit the stations of the cross, let's say. Okay, here's the idea. You hear the crucifixion story and you play with it. Who are you? Maybe if you're female, you're Mary. And why is that? It's the Pieta. Because you have to offer your children to the destruction of the world. That's female courage. That's the mother that doesn't hold her child back. It's like, go out. To what? Eventually your death and destruction. Go out. Leave me. Be in the world. That's feminine courage, man, to let her baby go. You're a pilot. You doubt truth. But you're, you'll go along with the crowd. You're Judas because you betray your best friend. You're the mob. You're the criminal. All of that, that's you. You look on all those things that you hate and are terrified by. That's like, that's not a snake. It's like the worst of all possible snakes everywhere. That's what you're looking at. What do you see? You see death, you see destruction, pain, terror, tyranny, frailty, betrayal. Look harder. Look harder. Look harder. What do you see? The death and resurrection. You look far enough into the abyss, you see the light. Well, that's the story. That's the connection between those stories. And this unbelievably strange thing is, is that connection exists. It's like, 
There's the strange story of the serpent in the desert, and we know that story is 3,000 years old, something like that. We know that. And then we know perfectly well that Christ said that he was allied, that his image was allied with that snake. That's written down. And even if you don't believe in the historical reality of Christ, someone still made that connection. And did they know everything we were talking about today explicitly? What do you think they did know? What do you think? I mean, we were talking about this before, that the roots of these religious experiences almost certainly come from some sort of transcendent experience. Well, when Eliad mapped out the shamanic experience, he, 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 he laid out the pattern. So shaman die, they're reduced to a skeleton. They're reduced to dust. And then they climb the axis that unites heaven and earth and enter the kingdom of the ancestors and the gods. They have a paradisal experience and they come back and share it. That's, that's a death and resurrection. That's what they experience. So what does that mean? I don't know what it means, but that's what happens. And then we know from Mur Rescue's book, people can read it and make up their own bloody minds. Do your investigation. It was probably the origin of democracy. It was the origin of Greek culture. The Eleusinian mysteries. And was that a psychedelic experience? It's like, come up with a better hypothesis. Good well, luck. Well, there's physical evidence now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of Mirror Rescue. Yeah. All the, the, you know, all these ethnobotanists. The yeah, they know. Eth- yeah. They know. And botanical archaeologists. Yeah, they were messing about with ergot. Yeah. And psilocybin. God only knows how long. I mean, how long have they? And then there's DMT in the in the... In the Amazon, I mean, there's a massive shamanic tradition, and it yeah. stems back way into the Stone Age, and th- that's its pattern. 